whenever I get done with work and I'm in my house, I transition to another room and I allow myself to have like 30 minutes where I just sit on TikTok mm-hmm. and or do something like that where I can just, you know, go like zombie brain and not have to think about anything, not worry about anything that I have that time for myself. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to the episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. And welcome back for another episode. So there has been so much tea spillage going on this week on the internet, and I don't think you know about any of it. I'm going to just take that guess because you're not on Twitter like I am. Yeah, definitely not on Twitter and definitely have been in the biggest funk that I don't even think I've opened social media this week. So but let me let me been, hear it. This has been all of my TikTok, my Instagram, my Twitter. Did you ever watch the Try Guys like on BuzzFeed or on YouTube at all? No. Who the heck are they? Okay. So the Try Guys, if you're listening to this and you know exactly what, you know exactly what I'm going to say if you know who the Try Guys are. So even people who don't know who the Try Guys are know what I'm about to talk about because okay, it's just so been I'm all over social media. Literal no one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the Try Guys were these four guys, Keith, Eugene, Ned, and Zach, who all came from BuzzFeed. And when they were on BuzzFeed, they made a ton of videos and they called themselves the Try Guys because they were always trying different things. A lot of their videos are like baking like brownies without a recipe they have a whole without a recipe series um, where they try different things um, or like try like making things without instructions and then they have professionals come in and judge them they also uh keith does a whole series where he eats the menu at all these restaurants um eugene has a series where he ranks different things um like different like all the beer in america and does like ranking stuff um zach is just there (laughs) and goofy and then there's ned so Ned Fulmer was in all of the drama and the tea this week on social media because allegations came out against him about cheating on his wife, Ariel. And the entire time Ned has been a part of the Try Guys, his whole thing, everybody, each one of them has their whole thing. Zach is in chronic pain all the time. Keith has like a weird fucked up tongue and like he's just wild and goofy. Eugene is like the sassy gay guy. And then Ned's thing was always, I love my wife. Like I, like very John Mulaney, you know how he's always like talking about like, I love my wife and shit. And -hmm. then allegations came out against him as the CEO of the Try Guys company, um, having an affair with one of his employees and cheating on his wife, Ariel who is a saint, who is stunning. And this blew up on social media for me, and I cared more about it for me than I did Adam Levine's cheating scandal, like, at all. Because oh, yeah. I didn't that care about that one. that just turned into funny memes. The Adam honestly. Levine one, I was, I, like, honestly, I was like, I don't, I expect nothing less. But with Ned, he always prided himself as being, like, this, I love my wife. Like, they have a cookbook together and everything. Like, it's just, like, that really big energy and then we find out he was basically having an affair with um one of the producers of the try guys and then this was literally was i think like yesterday as after we're record as we're recording and everything and like the try guys came out with a public statement saying that ned fulmer is no longer part of the try guys um we do not see a path forward with him and he came out publicly apologizing and more importantly apologizing to Ariel. And then Ariel posted saying that she just wants privacy at this time. Um, and they also have a kid together on top of that. I think two kids, too. So just think of, like, the one of the most wholesome, like, John Mulaney, kind of. Like, a like really wholesome kind of person you've always kind of built up in your head and you've watched for years. And then you find out that they're a piece of shit. Oh, that just sucks so bad. Yeah. I feel and for so, her. Like, to the point where even Seth Rogen chimed in on Twitter about this. Like, a mainstream celebrity was chiming in about internet culture. Like, this dude was blowing up Twitter and everything. Like, I have never seen something from YouTube become so mainstream publicized that everybody's talking about it. Like, we were even talking about it at work. It was so fascinating. And, um... I, I definitely, like, respect, like, the Try Guys, like, coming forward and, like, basically saying that, he, that he's no longer with them and, like, making efforts. Like, they've already changed so much of their branding, like, in 25, 
24 hours, they've changed almost all their branding and, like, redid a lot of their, like, production photos. <laughs> like, they really were like, we're not fucking around with this kind of thing. And I think a lot of people were like, why would you fire him or, like, kick him out, like, just for having an affair? And I don't think a lot of people realize that he was having an affair with an employee, meaning that he opened their entire company up to a lawsuit. Uh, and obviously they can't fire the producer that he was having an affair with. That is illegal, but he's the CEO of a company taking advantage. There's a whole power dynamic there. Um, and also on top of that, um, his wife is ingrained to the brand as well too. Like, he, like all the wives have their own podcast as well too. And they are frequently on the channel and, um, Ariel, his wife, like his best friends, like with some of the other guys on the show and they have a really tight bond. So I think it's also them paying respects to her and their child. And yeah, it has been like the t gossip, the tea I have needed. I love that Hollywood's getting messy again. <laughs> You're like, I am here for the messy times. <laughs> I am here for the sloppiness. It's so great. It's so great. It's been a great time for me. So that's what you missed on Glee, honestly. Between that and then like Leah Michelle's funny girl like reprisal, because have you, you heard the meme that Leah Michelle can't read, right? Yes. So that's also been on my feet as well, too. And I just think, you know, I just Which think this is, is a great false, time. Which is false, correct? Like, she can read. I mean, we don't know. It's <laughs> we don't know. Okay. She's never publicly said, I can read. I hope she can, for her <laughs> sake. Bless her heart. I just think it's so fun. She has publicly said, and they've taken it out of context from a clip of her saying, you know, I can't read. And that's like a viral sound. I'm like, you played yourself, bitch. Like, she really said, I'm just going to play it up real quick. Oh, wait. Oh, she, she's made TikToks about it. Like, um, you know, the sound of Kim Kardashian, like, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. calling and be like, yeah, everything's okay, but can't wait. Can you talk for a second? Like that sound. She made a sound of it saying that she called Jonathan Groff to read her comments because she can't read them. So she is a, she's Dumb, in on the she's joke. She's just going with it now. That's she's amazing. She's in on the joke. It's so great and funny. And I think it's great when celebrities can do that. But um, that's been your pop culture hour. Um, I love it. We love a good pop culture that <laughs> That and Don't Worry Darling, that all that too. I saw mm -hmm. that recently. We're not going to get into all of that hot mess. But yeah, it's... Ugh. I love how sloppy Hollywood's getting again. It's so great. And to be here and to witness it all, it's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. You do have like a front row seat. I do. It's great. So. You're dealing with a hurricane though right now for some like sad news. Yeah. Well, not like Florida, but yeah, we are apparently supposed to be getting a lot of rain and a lot of wind uh, here in North Carolina. So we shall see. They've canceled school tomorrow preemptively, mm -hmm. um, but I think it's due to the like mile per hour of wind gusts versus like mm -hmm. the rain. So well, we shall see. I have no idea. Um, everything's trying to go virtual. And I'm like, I feel like I'm back in COVID times. I went to the grocery store. Have never seen it like that. It was taking me back to a time I don't want to return to. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, all of our thoughts are with people in Florida and everybody that's being affected right now mm -hmm. during this hurricane. And we hope that you guys are all staying safe. Absolutely. And able to evacuate if you possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, so... With that all being said, what is your captivation? So this, week? this is what I was going to say last week. Sorry for the ones uh, who got the lottery ticket uh, option. <laughs> um, <laughs> I recently have decided that I really like the Bright Room brand at Target. Um, I bought a ton of their black wire baskets to sort of like organize my linen closet because it was getting out of hand. And you know how like apartment uh, closets have those stupid wire shelving that everybody hates? Yes, you know I don't have about? that. I don't have that, but yes, I know what you yes. mean. Yes, so like we do because our, you know, like built in forever years ago. And for some reason, every time I would put my white sheets on it and I would pick them up, there would be like black smudge. I don't know if it's like the way that I like dragged them across the wiring or if it's gross. Who knows? So I got baskets um, to put them in. And uh, it looks so much more appealing. I've been on like the TikTok 
side of things with like organization and the stupid ones where they like slam shit down on the countertops for like ASMR or whatever. And it's really annoying. And I'm like, nobody puts their coffee cups up like that. Nobody like really, (laughs) nobody makes those sounds when they fill the stupid other containers, when they take the sugar out of the container that it's in to put it in the other container and they don't slam it around. So all y'all people are crazy. And the like way they put their eggs in there, they're like, and I'm like, y'all, just put it in normally. <laughs> Anywho, that's another tangent for another time. We will go down that rabbit hole at another I'm day. I'm scared. Um, um, anyways, don't know where I was going with that. But basically, I'm on that side of TikTok, and I wanted my linen closet to look better, and it looks better. And uh, it's all thanks to Brightroom. So not a sponsor, but <laughs> would not hate it because I like their stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, are you feeling my energy of the night? Yes. Okay. It's very, it's making me nervous. Tell me <laughs> your captivation. So mine's um, also a home thing, but it's not a home thing at the same time. Uh, it is Emma Chamberlain's Architectural Digest oh my Open gosh. Door Home Tour. <laughs> How did I not Listen. know this? Listen. The minute it was posted, you sent me something from it, right? Yes, I sent you the photos that Architectural Digest posted. I am obsessed with this. (laughs) Okay, like, listen, for the longest time, Dakota Johnson's Architectural Digest tour was, like, my inspiration. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a 70s warm wood vibe, and Emma definitely channeled that, and she also has a green kitchen, but it's, like, a muted light green. I was going to say, I am very much here for her green kitchen. I also love the window, like, the window mm -hmm. placements of her home. It's a 1950s log cabin home. It's very like Lake Tahoe vibes, but in California, in LA. And I am now back on my home decor kick. Like I am like, and it's not like I'm not looking, I'm, I'm done. I'm not looking at Target anymore. I'm not looking at Ikea, Crate and Barrel, all that stuff. I am trying to find the niche little, they're more expensive for sure, niche little home decor websites to get my eclectic vibe going on. Like, I think I have definitely, like, struggled with trying to find my overall vibe of, home, like, home decor. But I think that I really like it when, and Kelly Wurstler does this too, and she's one of my favorite interior designers, where you, every room has its own story. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't always, like, you still make it to where the entire house feels like uh, cohesive, yeah, and cohesive, but you can have a lot of whites and light beachy Californian tones in a bedroom like I do, where it's very sandy, it's very light um, toned, but then you can go into like your living room and have warmer tones and have a little bit more eclectic taste to it. So that is what I'm trying to do and emulate a lot more organic materials like wood and warmer colors, but also sticking to like a neutral palette, not going crazy with color at the same time. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm back on that kick, baby, what it do. Love it. I love that for you. Thank you. I really Thank you. do. Um, if you if you like to donate to um, this cause, my Venmo is. <laughs> I <laughs> will not not be able to ven- to Venmo you. Yeah. However, well, I, will, I will be there in spirit. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I on all your shopping. A, um, you got a whole uh, wedding shower. I need a home um, house. I told you to shower. just make a registry. Like you should have made a. I moved to LA. I can help still me. do it. I yeah, can still do it. It's I'm a st- little past due. <laughs> No, it's not. Like, I'm still living barely by my means. Like, Ikea furnished this bedroom. False. This all Everything in my bedroom is from Ikea. Not, I, like, they, they're not paid. That is, my bed is Ikea. That, I thought that your dad is, built your bed frame. No, that is Ikea. Oh. My side table is Ikea. This desk is Ikea. My your dad built your Ikea. coffee table. Why did I my think dad, that he yes. built the bed frame? That is very disappointing if he built that bed frame. Oh, I was thinking it looked pretty dang good. <laughs> it's Ikea. Well, that basket okay. is Ikea. Uh, so. Sponsored by Ikea. <laughs> what it do, baby? Um, hey, it works. People will be using it all the time. But uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to like level up my house. I'm turning 30 next year. Would like to have a home. So not like a like literal like house thing. We we, we got a budget, but like you know, make an apartment look like a home. Make yeah. it look like you know cohesive and not like I've just left college kind of vibe. Same. So. I'm feeling that very hardcore right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but that is 
that's our week. It's been a really crazy week. And I know this week has been a lot, a little bit better for me. It's been a lot more relaxing because last week I had plans almost every single day and felt very overworked and overwhelmed. And I feel like you said you're feeling that this week. So mm-hmm. I think we're both just taking this in cycles, but that kind of inspired us to do today's episode, which was, you know, how to avoid burnout and how to take it easy during your busier seasons because your wedding is approaching. So it's a busier season for you. I'm approaching uh, a lot of work events coming up. So in film festival season, so that's, you know, a very busy season for me. And we're trying to figure out how to stay composed and relaxed during all of this. But before we jump into that, you know, make sure you guys check out all of our other episodes. We now have over 150 episodes and we are ranging in topics from things like this, like relieving yourself from stress, taking time to relax and make sure you prioritize self-care and self-love and healing as well as spirituality, relationships, dating, love. Uh, We have all for you to check out whether you're listening to on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can hit follow to make sure you're keeping up to date with all of our newer episodes and leave us a review. It really does help us out and share some love. And then if you want any more information and any more tidbits that pair with this week's episode, you can always follow us on our Instagram at the Gals Guide Pod. And we also have personal ones if you want to follow us in our daily lives. Mine's at Emily Elise and hers is at Hannah Nicole Adams. But before we get into today's episode, we're going to do a couple ad reads and we'll be right back. So today's episode, like we said, we are talking about avoiding burnout and how to slow down during a busy season. Uh, I know your wedding's how many weeks away now? Less than four. Yeah. So do you feel like, you know, it's ramping up a lot more now? Yes. I feel like I'm way more stressed now than I was before. Mm -hmm. And I think the week of the wedding will be better. Because things okay. should be pretty much like finalized and done and there's not really anything I can do. Mm-hmm. But right now, I just feel like if one more person asks me a question, I'm going to freak out. So, so. Um, this is, it's a great time for me to ask you this question then. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just, how are you like, how, how are you trying to like take time to unwind and like relax throughout like the day? Or are you doing that? And are you realizing now that you're not doing that and you need to prioritize that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a lot of work responsibilities this month, and I have a lot of personal responsibilities and a lot of wedding responsibilities. And so I haven't even like done anything for myself, um, which has been not great. Um, I definitely feel very anxious and very stressed and like I have no appetite, haven't had an appetite for like probably a week now. Um So I'm just trying to, like, deal with that and work through that. And I just feel like when I, like, get off of work, my next job starts, which is, Mm -hmm. like, answering questions about the wedding and figuring that out and making plans and calling these people and messaging these people and making decisions and ordering things. And, like, we're down to the wire now, so there's, like, a lot of last-minute details that I don't even feel like I know how to answer questions. And so then I get stressed out. Um, like we haven't even picked our first dance song and I was supposed to let the DJ know that like a week ago. So I just feel, I don't know, kind of just, ugh, which is like all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, so when you, when you get stressed, how, do, where do you carry that in like in your body? Oh, uh, my shoulders and my neck and the back of my head. Mm-hmm. The back you of your like, head look ridiculous. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, okay. <laughs> and I, oh. I have been having like the worst head and neck pain that I've had in the probably mm-hmm. ever. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm scheduling myself a massage the week of my wedding. Good. Because um, I'll be out, out of work. But yeah, I don't know. I can't seem to calm down I'm super anxious like the other night I like I've been barely getting any sleep like five Mm. hours ish Mm. um the other night I was so stressed all that I like cleaned a room in my house instead of going to bed so I'm just kind of like I don't know I feel like I need caffeine all the time like I can't I'm I'm tired just low energy so Mm If you can't tell already, I built this episode around you. Oh, I can. Um, I'm I'm totally good with it. I'm here to answer the questions um, because I'm definitely feeling burnout in a lot of areas. Well, I think the reason I I say that is because I feel like you and I 
tackle stress differently. And I'm curious about how you go about doing it. Um, just because, I mean, I think, I mean, everyone does it so differently. And I am somebody where when I am stressed, I am more prone to do more physical activities to get it out of myself. Um, and so that is me working out or me going for a walk. Um, just to like, I've, I've literally been on a walk before, got a text that made me so mad that I went on like an, another like 30 minute walk and just extended it longer. But, and by the end of that walk, I was no longer feeling those emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just something that I know within my body that I have to do to exert the stress or else it will be stored within somewhere in my body and it gets so uncomfortable that, um, my muscles, like not just like, cause my shoulders and my neck is where I store my stress too. But I will, if I get stressed and I don't t- talk it out or if I don't do something about it, I, my, my legs will hurt. Like my arms will hurt. Like I will just feel pain in my body. Like I've worked out when I haven't. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's something that like, unless I journal it out or if I like walk it out, or go like punch like a pillow or something. Um, it's just going to be stored in me. And I think that, you know, stress is such a, phys- it can be a physical reaction. Uh, you can have a physical reaction to it. And I think some people have it that way. Some people have it, you know, more verbally than others and where they just need to talk it out. So I, I'm, I'm always curious about how, like what your response is to stress. If it's more something like you need to talk it out or do you feel like you need to physically like get it out or I mean some people have sexual responses to it some people have like mental responses to it where they just need to like sleep on it or like lay down and think about it um so how do you feel like it's in any those areas for you like your outlet for it yeah I do a little bit of both like I've gone to the gym several times and taken my dogs on long walks um but I don't know like I haven't even really wanted to like talk normally I like want to talk through things, but I haven't even really like wanted to talk through things. I think I'm just so tired of talking at the end of the day that I'm just Mm kind of like, yeah, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it too is that like, I don't want to hear opinions right now and everyone, Mm -hmm. not, not you, but like everyone else in my life wants to give me like their, their thoughts Mm -hmm. or like suggestions. And I'm like, I don't, don't care. Don't want it. <laughs> well, see, I think, and I think that's what, like, I've, so I've definitely learned, because I, I naturally want to help people, but, and I think that me and you have been able, I think you're able probably to come to me a little bit more, because you know that I'll do this, mm-hmm. where I, like, will ask people, before you even start talking, I'm like, the point of this conversation, do you just want me to listen and hold space for you, or do you actually want my advice, or do you want me to distract you from whatever's like right and like just completely divert the conversation? I can do either three because, um, and even when I notice when people are talking to me and I start giving advice, I'm like, wait, 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 hold up a second before I even finish my sentence. Do you want advice or do you just want me to listen? And um, because I hate it when people give me advice, so. I try to just because I understand just needing to hold space from somebody. Like I totally right. get that, and I think it's great when you're able to talk about your problems and just have like a sounding board in mm-hmm. that way. Um, and so I feel like that is something that you definitely like. That's the kind of thing that you need for your stress for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think too the hardest the hardest part about like my I don't want to say life, but like the hardest part about my career and day to day is that I have to be on 150% at work. I work Mm -hmm. with children in order to make progress towards speech therapy goals. I have to be on my A game, fun, energetic, entertaining, Mm -hmm. like no moment passing where I'm not engaged or I literally lose them. So from nine to five 30, I am on I'm on, I'm communicating with parents, I'm communicating with coworkers, I'm positive, I'm energetic. And so when I get home, like, I feel like, I feel like it comes across as like negativity, but it's not, it's just me like being, not having to be like bubbly and excited and happy. And so it comes across as like me not wanting to do anything or wanting to like Mm-hmm. have fun and like of course I have my moments especially with Blaine like when he's on um like the same shift as I am 
like we goof off and we cook together and we like do stuff because like mm-hmm. we bounce each other off. But when I'm by myself, like I just don't want to do anything because I'm so just like mentally and physically. That's fine. Yeah. I know. And so, and then sometimes, and then I feel guilty because I'm not like on again for the other people in my life. And so then it's just this cycle of like, I feel like I constantly have to be on and there's no good, there's no good time for me to decompress. And then when I do decompress, it's people who are like, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I'm okay. <laughs> I promise I'm okay. Well, so th- <laughs> I'm that, good. So, I'm really good. I'm actually reason. like, I'm actually awesome right now. <laughs> like, that was the thing I was going to say. <laughs> like, um, it, do you feel like for the sake of others, like you have to, it's that need to feel like you're constantly on kind of thing, even like when like you're not on the clock so that everybody else is more comfortable and it doesn't matter yeah. if you're comfortable. Well, yeah. Cause you like, and I think that's co- that kind of like comes from me being like very empathetic because I like read Mm -hmm. off of other people. So if like, I feel like this person's like maybe more down energetically than they normally are, then like, I kind of feel that in myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I know just from that experience that like, I want them to also be happy. So like, I don't know, I feel like I have to put on this whole thing and then like, I just get frustrated in the moment and I get very like harsh, I guess. I don't know. See, we, yeah, we have very different approaches to it because I am somebody where whenever I'm stressed, I get quiet Mm -hmm. and I will isolate myself because I don't want my negativity to, I'm going to sit in my negativity. I don't give a fuck about how other people like feel and everything, but I know that my negativity probably could wear off on somebody else. So I'm going to choose to isolate myself and be alone and I'll stay in my fucking room all day, which is not good. Uh, in order to not affect anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people think that I hate them. And I'm like, I don't hate you. I just know that, like, if I talk to you, you're going to fucking, like, not like what my attitude and everything. And I don't want to hear it. And so I will self-isolate. But I know that people, I'm not, I'm aware that people do care about me. And I am open to speaking to them. But there's some moments, and I think it's fine, where you don't feel like you need to articulate, like, what is wrong. And you're too exhausted to explain, like, what you're stressed out about. And it's or just like, also, you don't even like, want to talk about it. you might not even know. Like, some days I yeah. have days where I wake up and I'm not in the best mood and I don't even know why. Like, this mm-hmm. week, I've been in such a funk this week. And, like, one of my coworkers has also been, like, in a funk, too. And we were talking about it. And I was like, I don't even know why I feel like this. She was like, honestly, same. And, like, that was mm-hmm. the end of it. And we were just like... Glad we can ha- like glad we can be in this place together. Sorry you're here, but like we're together. Yeah. We we both don't know but why we're here. But you took that moment to connect on that, and did you like feel any better? Like a little bit, like after yeah, connecting? like it made me feel better. I think I said to her because she was in like a funk last week, mm-hmm. and like maybe a little bit in the beginning, and then I saw her. I think it was yesterday, and I was like, "You gave me your funk." <laughs> <laughs> And she was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I don't even know why I feel this way. She was like, honestly, same. But like, like, you were able to not feel alone for that moment. And I think that's what a lot of people need to feel. Right, right. Um, but like, sometimes I just don't want to, like, I like I don't want to talk about it. Because I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know why I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today, but I did. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to, like, mm-hmm. be my energetic self when I need to be. But like, mm-hmm. I... I, like, ate by myself. Like, normally we all eat together. And I, like, ate early and... And, uh, like, sat in my room and did paperwork because I was like, I just don't want to socialize today. Like, I just Mm – I'm not feeling it. And I just decided that I wasn't going to. And it made me feel a little bit better because I didn't have – like, I could take that hour to just, like, be still and, like, do my own thing and not have to be on again for other people. So So you mentioned, like, one thing that I wanted to point out and draw attention to because I think it's, like, a connection to burnout. I've done, like, a ton of research for this episode. So, like, (laughs) I feel like – um, this is something I noticed, like when I was looking up things for this episode was you said when you get home, you go to work, you're 100% on even more like 150, you get home and you don't really have that time to decompress. And I think that that's where that line, that teeter totter line where if is where that burnout can lead to that. If you don't take that time to decompress, to turn off work, Hannah, and to turn on home, Hannah, that is where the burnout can come to. And I think that's where a lot of people don't associate, especially when you work from home and your home is your office. You don't have that psychological, like I'm moving to from a different location. You don't have that transition period, that commute home to do it. And so I always encourage people like when they are working 
they're going to a physical office to work and then they have they're coming home taking that drive to decompress and taking a moment uh, in their car to that's probably take where that. i've been going wrong i've been using my drive to call my mom to talk about wedding stuff yeah no that's just adding on to more stress and then when i get home we finish our conversation and then i'm immediately dog mom taking the dogs out feeding them and then i'm immediately fiance future wife like figuring out how to cook dinner and cleaning and doing all the things and then by the time I need to decompress I've got like paperwork to do or I've got to like do laundry or I need to shower or like you know Mm -hmm. all the things and then Mm -hmm. it's time to decompress and it's 10 o'clock and I'm asleep like Mm -hmm. I don't ever have that moment where I just like sit on the couch for 15 minutes and just sit there and don't talk to anybody that that is what you desperately need because that's I mean that's even what I do like I don't Whenever I get done with work and I'm in my house, I transition to another room and I allow myself to have like 30 minutes where I just sit on TikTok mm-hmm. and or do something like that where I can just, you know, go like zombie brain and not have to think about anything, not worry about anything that I have that time for myself. And I'm very much somebody like if I was to be in a physical office and come home and I had some a partner living with me, don't fucking talk to me for 10 minutes. Let me mm-hmm. change into my – and I had that physical change of changing from my work clothes into like my comfier clothes. And I literally do that even though I work from home. I will change out of – like want to take the bra off. I put a bra on when I'm working literally so I'm in the mode of working and that I – it just it is a nice transitional period for me. Some people put on jeans. Some people put on shoes because it feels like it makes them more proactive when they're working from home. And then when they are fun, done working, they switch out of that and they take that off. Some people, I also encourage, my dad does this when he gets home from work, takes a shower immediately hmm. as soon as he gets home from work so that it is a reset in his mind that he is home and he can now relax for the rest of the evening and doesn't have to do anything. It's also communicating with your partner like what areas they can help out with too Mm -hmm. like if because I know that my mother owns a business and she it can works crazy long hours the last thing she wants to do when she comes home is cook dinner so there's nights where my dad was able to like trade off and like make dinner for her and everything like that and I know you and Blaine's schedule is like completely crazy all over the place yeah but I think you know having shifts where like he's like being burnt out and like you're also doing that too like also like I just like people to get the headspace that like it's okay to order takeout. It's okay to have, like, a Trader Joe's frozen meal kind of night. Like, it's not something where, like, people have – you have to cook dinner every single night in order to be healthy. You can do all these things. It doesn't mean that you're a terrible person or that you're lazy. And that's the thing I think a lot of people come down to when it comes to burnout is that it's so closely associated with perfectionism. And they think that if they're not being 100% productive, that they are lazy. That is not true. That is 100% false. And I think that that is so, they're so cohabitant, like in a people's mindset that I just think that people think that taking time for yourself is not important. It is the most important thing you can do to help manage your stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like even today, like I love Blaine, but as soon as I got home, he was walking the dogs out and I was like, do you need my help? And he was like, no, like, but get ready to go to the grocery store. So I like walked in and I changed and then we got, went to the grocery store and then we were there forever because of all the bad weather. Everyone's like freaking out. So then we came home and we cooked and we ate and then I immediately like took the dogs out and then hopped on here to record. Like I've been going nonstop since mm, probably about I woke up at 6.30, about 6.30 mm-hmm. this morning. And so I'm like exhausted, like overly exhausted. Um, and like n- no shade to him or anything because he was mm-hmm. starving and I was starving and it was fine and we just didn't have mm-hmm. anything. But I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I didn't have a, I didn't really have a minute today to just like sit down, because um, mm-hmm. it was chaotic at work, of course. And so I was just like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the grocery store. I <laughs> mean, everybody what has I those do. days. <laughs> everybody has those days. I'm not saying that every day, like you have to have this strict routine of where, you know. It is important to be able to take time for yourself and to have those times, but that's not realistic to happen every single day. Mm -hmm. There are days where you are constantly going to be going on, but um, I think just making sure that that's not every single Mm -hmm. day. Um, So I did a little little research into what stress like scientifically and physiologically is, and it's a body's physiological reaction to anything that the brain perceives as a threat. And... I don't think people realize that significant part of it, that your whole um, 
like nervous system is programmed to think that this thing is inherently bad for you. So you're going to have a whole biological response to it. You're also going to have a cycle with it. Stress is a cycle. And I don't think a lot of people, when they are trying to conquer stress, go through the whole entire cycle. And there is, you know, a a lot of people who think that it is solving the problem that is causing them stress and that is it. But most like modern stressors have a separate process that deals with the stress itself. And there was something I mentioned to you before we started recording as an example, which is a crying child. You're trying to get this child to stop crying. And when you finally do, yes, you've removed the physical thing that is causing you stress, but you also haven't taken the time. You're probably exhausted. You're probably still feeling anxious from it afterwards. Think about traffic as well, too, or having a difficult conversation. Oh, yeah. Just because you're done with the conversation, just because you're out of traffic in your home now, doesn't mean you've constantly gone through the whole stress cycle. You still haven't taken the time to unwind and decompress yourself. So you're just adding layers and layers on top of it that's going to add more knots into your shoulders or add more to that headache that you already had going on in the back of your head. Because the body remembers that the body is storing that stress inside of you because you haven't let had the time to decompress it. So that's why I said taking that drive home to uh, relax and to unwind instead of calling like your mom, like maybe call her in the morning if that's a possibility or something or on a lunch break um, and just letting yourself like have like a glass of wine. I mean, that's literally like, why that meme of like moms <laughs> having like glasses of wine when they get home from work. Like people think like they're wine moms, but no, it's a great way to relax, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I there's two ways that I've realized that people deal with um, stress, since it's perceived as a threat, we deal with stress in different ways, depending on whether they are stressors that we can control or stressors that we cannot control. And I, we're definitely people who are control freaks, I think. <laughs> and um, those are the ones that we're constantly trying to tackle, but we don't know how to tackle the stressors that we can't control. So the ones that you can control results in problem solving. They're simple, uh, you know, and something I think women are actually naturals at, you know, they want to solve problems. They want to have an answer and fix to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that we tend to forget in our plans is ourselves. And we have to remember to include dealing with the stress itself by completing the stress response in our plan. So whenever that is, just taking two seconds to just breathe, just breathe it out and just focus on positivity and just get it out. It doesn't have to sit there and mean you have to do like a five minute meditation or whatever. Just doing like five five seconds in, hold five seconds, five seconds out. Yeah, just Blaine doing always that tells times. me the four, 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 do four yeah. in, four, hold, four out. And it really does help. It's just a yeah. matter of remembering it in the moment. He'll be like, remember four, four, four. And I'm like, and it's it's gone. It's hard at first, but I think like when you're able, you, you when you do it enough, your body will naturally remember to mm-hmm. do that, and it'll be like a subconscious behavior. Um, I yeah. get like I'm. I don't mean any of these things. Like it's something you can do immediately and overnight or anything like that. Um, but it's things that I have learned that have helped my stress and my anxiety. And I'm speaking my individually planned. Um, just because it works for me doesn't mean that it works for everybody. Um, it's also really nice. And I don't know if you do this. Actually, I feel like we both do this sometimes like voice memoing it out to somebody and sending it and then being like, okay, thanks for the rant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said about there's different ways to physically get it out. Like when you can't, like when you're like stuck in a situation where you're like, okay, like I really just need to go for a walk around the building, but like, obviously can't do that right now. Let me just Vin, let Venmo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish somebody would Venmo you me when they're stressed. Venmo. You can also <laughs> send me a coffee. Like, I will definitely go. Also, I miss National Coffee Day, and I'm really sad about it, but it's fine anyways. That was today. You can voice – like, I'm going to voice memo you real quick. Or at least text you. Te- like, a text you, like, three things meant, and like, be right like, now. okay, I was like, rant why? is over. Like, rant's over. Like, thanks yes. for listening. I will send a whole novel. Uh, mm-hmm. just to like get it all out and everything. And well, I'm like, it, she's going to read it that hel- later. I think it helps the process of like yeah, the initial like, oh, I'm frustrated or oh, this really just like made me even more stressed than I was earlier or like really just one more thing to my plate that I have to think about. Like if I can at least like pinpoint the person that I know is going to like be able to empathize with me in that moment, mm-hmm. I like send it's it to better, them. It's better than bottling it up. That's yeah. what I say. Well, and nine times out of 10, someone's doing it to me. 
So I'm, I'm not, I don't feel bad about it. Like I, like I know you're not my therapist. I know that like I shouldn't put everything on you, but. But that's also another great thing to deal with stress is therapy. (laughs) Um, This sponsor, this is brought to you by BetterHelp. I'm kidding. No, it's not. (laughs) Could you imagine? But like. They'd be like, this girl, get her signed up. (laughs) Therapy is great. I cannot testify to that enough. This is not a sponsor, but I did go to therapy for a long time, still do, and it's a great decision. Uh, Highly recommend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, and, like, I know it's a different kind of therapy, but, like, even I can attest to how, like, good therapy is. Like, I'm a speech therapist, and while I'm there to work with the kids, like, a lot of times parents come to me with things, and it's really nice to have somebody in your court who's unbiased and I know that they appreciate, like, the 30 minutes that they spend with me once a week or twice a week. So from a more like removed standpoint, like I, I do see the benefits of like oh, yeah. having somebody to come to, even if it's not about, you know, whatever, but just that like one person that you come to for these things and you know, they're a listener and you know, they're going to be there for you and they're going to go above and beyond. Like that's super, super nice. I think you just have to find the right therapist. I think yes. that's the hard part. Yeah. But knowing that you will eventually mm-hmm. is what just keeps going. And uh, it's nice to have an hour where you just talk to you about yourself and they don't interrupt you and they let you just keep talking until you naturally pause and then they will say something. It's great. You don't have to ask them how their day is. I remember I did that when I first started therapy. I was like, how are you? And Stephanie was like, it's not about me. Anyways, <laughs> you're paying for this. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what to say. Um, and they're, I feel like therapists are secret, like, fuck yeah, when they, like, get a client to finally break their walls down and, like, exert, like, emotion and, like, cry. They're like, fuck yeah. It's great. You're like, I did but it. it is so relieving when, like, I look forward to going to therapy because I know that we're going to tackle something. And, like, I just... I feel better afterwards. It's like working out. I never regret going to therapy. I never regret working out. It's the um, getting there that's hard. <laughs> yeah. And it's something like when you start going to therapy that you will eventually like be able to talk to a therapist and you'll be able to like break down those walls and like view them as not a scary person. Uh, so you're able to get I feel like that's where we're it. so different. I am such an open book. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> that knows me knows like very much That's a lot about me. That's why I'm so me. shocked that you're not in therapy mm-hmm. because I feel like you'd be great at it. I feel like you'd oh, walk 1, in. Oh, 1,000 person. I can talk you'd about myself. You'd walk in and be like, be like listen, listen, Susan. Listen, Susan. This is where it started. Day number one. I already know. <laughs> we got the but issue I, here. <laughs> I have said though before um, with finding a new therapist, I would want to... <laughs> create like a PowerPoint slide because I've already, I don't want to have to read, I don't want to have to walk through this again. Okay. Gets, gets your, this, gets your appointment confirmation and just like sends the link. Like here's what Do you missed on homework. Glee. <laughs> here's what you missed in the last couple seasons of my life. Here's your prep, um, here's your prep work for our appointment tomorrow. Honestly, I know I will not, and honestly, I will not be repeating myself. Honestly, your therapist would probably be like, honestly, thank you. For real though. They probably would. They'd be like, thank God I can. And like I'm we can sure catch up to where you are now. I'm gonna send photos of the people I'm talking about. Like I'm sure they would appreciate visuals. They'd be like, "Yes, okay." <laughs> the I amount understand. of times, the amount of times I've gone to therapy, and I'm like talking about a text message, and they're like, "Just pull up the text. Just just read from the text," um, and it just makes it easier instead of like having to like like abbreviate it. Like just pull up the text, and. I've heard from therapist friends, like, they actually want to see pictures of these people you're talking about. It makes it easier for them to visualize them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think that's great. And this is coming from somebody who also wanted to be a therapist for a long point in my life. Um, It just makes it better for storytelling. (laughs) But um, there's another type of stressor that we didn't talk about, which is the ones that we can't control. And I think positive reappraisal is best for those situations. And that looks like acknowledging that what you're going through is hard, mm-hmm. that you are struggling. Take it in time to acknowledge that the growth, like this looks like recognizing the genuine benefits to a struggle, knowing that you are struggling and realizing that you're going to grow so much from this experience when you're feeling challenged like that. I think a lot of people, when they are feeling stressed about something they can't control, they don't want to acknowledge that they're going through something. And I think just taking in time to acknowledge, like, no, like, this is a hard part in your life. That is okay. I remember when I was going through a breakup, 
and I was having a hard time dealing with it. And my, my therapist had to be like, this is grief. You have to treat this like it's grief. Like that is okay. You're not overreacting mm-hmm. um, because of that. So often when things are difficult, that's when we're growing the most. And positive reappraisal means recognizing the ways that the difficulty is worth it. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. And I do think it is. And I and feel it's like being there's... easier on yourself. Right, too. right. And I feel like there's like, what is that saying about like without lows, there's no highs or I don't know, mm-hmm. something like that. Like mm-hmm. obviously our life ebbs and flows and like we're going to have good times. We're going to have bad times. That's just the nature of life. And so finding a way to almost, I don't know, be grateful for the lows no, and it's, like, it's, like figure out what you're going to learn from that or what, how you're going to grow. Or if this is going to be a teaching moment of how you deal with stress better or whatever. Um, it's knowing I, that what's meant for you will come to you. Right. And I, I mean, feel like I, if it, I'm, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, I mean, if I'm being like completely vulnerable and honest with you guys, like I submitted to a very prestigious film festival for my last film and found out news today that we did not get into it. And, I told friends, I told you, and everybody was like, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like they were all super nice. And I, I didn't cry. Like I obviously was naturally like bummed because it was one that was on my really high list. Realistically, I knew that it was a long shot because it is one of the biggest ones like in the country. Mm-hmm. And I prepared my, I let go of the outcome of the decision, but I knew that if it was meant to be, that it would be. And the universe would bring it to me if I'm supposed to be go through it. Like whatever I go through, I can get through it because I have before. I think also with the re- rejection, when you've gone to acting school and you've been in, in like the industry for a very long time, you get very used to rejection. It's fine. Um, I ironically am fine with being rejected in my career, but I am not fine with being rejected by a man. <laughs> Tell it's me okay. how that makes sense. It's okay. <laughs> I think it's because I separate my work from myself, and I think that's I think that's why, and I don't view it as like an entity of myself. It's just it's my work. It's not me. But um, yeah, like I, I thought it was sweet that everybody was so concerned about me, and they were like, oh, "I hope you're okay." I was like, "It's just a hiccup. Like it's just a hiccup. Like it's mm-hmm. something else better is going to come from this." And knowing that this is hard work that I'm trying to do, and that it's not it's not meant to be easy. And acknowledging right. that and giving myself grace for that. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people don't give themselves enough grace. Absolutely. Well, and it's going to make the day that you do get into a film festival so much more mm-hmm. meaningful and exciting. And it's really going to show you that the hard work does pay off. And I don't think that things come easy to people who have big dreams. And so I think it's really important to like just keep going. Um, mm-hmm. taking the time that you need whenever things don't go as planned or how you thought, but like get back up on your feet the next day, like give it, give it some time, but like at the same time, like got to keep going. I just think, and I really want to watch this tonight because it made me think of it when, uh, in Taylor Swift's documentary, Miss Americana, when Reputation didn't get any nominations for, um, a Grammy and her response was, they were like, it's fine. Like Reputation's a great album. She's like, no, I'm going to make a better album. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm going to make... Now, was Lover a better album? I don't know. Am I do I, be liking all of the albums, so... And, I mean, I you're, you're not wrong. I still think Reputation is better than Lover. That's just me, though. That's just me, though. But... I think um, I like I like songs from them all. So... Yes. But, um, yeah, I think this... These are moments, like your struggles, the moments where you define who you are as a character, define who you are. I think, and that's me talking from like a film aspect of it and everything like that's what, you know, when you're writing and everything, that's how you define a character is by putting them into hard moments. But I think that's how everybody, people define themselves is how they react to stress, how they react to these hard moments, how they react to burnout Mm -hmm. and productivity defines who they are. And I think women especially have learned through time that it is noble and right to sacrifice themselves and their well-being like for the sake of other people's comfort i mean think about like literally women sacrifice their bodies to bring in human life into this world yeah i was thinking about pregnancy the other day and it got like real weird in my brain (laughs) i went down like a really weird wormhole of like how the heck 
or do we grow a human? And then I just got like, you know how you just go down there's like really weird. But that's like the thing. Like how did how did the color red become like you know what I mean? So I go down these no. really weird wormholes of thoughts. Uh, <laughs> randomly, and that was one of them. And I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to go there because I don't know the answer, and um, it's very, very confusing to me. But so. I mean, but think about it: when you are pregnant, your body is no longer yours, right? Even like after you, you after you give birth, your body is no longer yours. Yeah. Your body is a cafeteria for a child. Like a you no cafeteria. longer. <laughs> I mean, it is. I have never heard it described that way, and that is comical. <laughs> Is like you don't own your body anymore. Your boobs are not no longer your boobs. That is what's feeding your child. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you choose yeah, to breastfeed, if you choose to breastfeed, but but like even when you're pregnant, like your body is not your own. Like you are like building a human inside of you, and mm-hmm. it's like no longer you're no longer your own self. I know it's, you have a limit on the amount of caffeine you can drink. Bitch, uh, you think I ain't gonna be drinking Dutch pepper when I'm pregnant? If I'm ever pregnant, you get mm. two hundred mm. milligrams. Sip, sip, motherfucker. <laughs> There's only 60 in my Diet Dr. Pepper. There's like uh, <laughs> something like that for like regular Dr. Pepper. So sip, sip, motherfucker. Anyways. Uh-huh, I will be having some caffeine. <laughs> this this baby's just going to have to deal with it. Baby, The baby's going to have ADHD already. Like I got ADHD. It's already going to have it. So like why not? Honestly. But no. No, I, I get the sentiment of we basically... But it's not We're even just, just pregnancy, though. No, like too. it's ingra- I feel like it's ingrained in us, and like I mean, think about the working mom trope, because you have working fathers, but when they spend time with their children, they're praised for it. It's looked as like they're babysitting their child, but working mothers is shamed upon because like how dare you not be home with the child how and then, dare you and then too- also the opposite like stay at home moms get shit on because they're not out working so it's like it's like you you literally can't win yeah you're literally and losing on both ends no matter yes. what you decide to do you are you, you are failing in some way every like since like the dawn of time women have just been sacrificing themselves for the sake of everybody else's comfort and because if, you know, she's out working, well, who's at home taking care of the house? The house doesn't need to be taken care of. Like, it's fine. No one's in it right now. All you the child's call, at daycare. Just call Molly Maid. They gonna be coming. <laughs> they gonna come dust. It's Honestly, gonna be Honestly, get okay. a task rabbit. Just get a task rabbit. Get, get a, a task, task rabbit and a robot vacuum, and you good. There you go. <laughs> just, you du- go. just dust Honestly, as you walk down the Hannah, hall. Your, your your grocery store problem? Instacart. Just get Instacart but already. But it does take some time to put that in the cart, you know? It's still time consuming. No, I'm saying Instacart, the app. Have your groceries delivered to your house. That solves your problem right uh, there. But you still have to pick them. That On takes forever. Oh, my God. I did it for our beach trip, and it took me forever. <laughs> Maybe you could have, like, the same grocery list that you just hit at all. I think you can. At all. <laughs> You can with the Target app. I do know that. Not a sponsor. <laughs> I think a lot of people associate working with productivity and that if they're not working, they're not being productive. And let me tell you, the solution to burnout is not self-care. It's all of us caring for one another. Mm-hmm. So it's taking time to communicate with your partner like when you're stressed. Communicate like with your family, with the, your friends. like When you are stressed, when you are feeling overwhelmed, telling your boss when your workload and when you're... Um, it's feeling like too high and it's sticking up for yourself so that you can be 100% yourself and there for everybody else in your life. And I think a lot of people minimize that because they think that their stress is not affecting anybody else, but it is. Mm. You just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, it goes back to like how we both deal with it, how I isolate because I don't want to deal with it and you're worried about everybody else. So you try to overcompensate by being people pleasing. It's neither great. <laughs> and I think it's just acknowledging that you need support in those moments, which is something that we both don't do. Well, and I feel like I get a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm, it makes me happy when I do things and when I'm busy and when I'm not stressed, I feel like I'm not doing enough and then I'm not productive and then I'm not rewire that brain yes like why that's what am it I is like that like why because why do we I live get... in a capital we live in a capitalist society that has rewarded productivity for right. years so like the the i work way too much like hustle culture mm-hmm. i sh- i like love that i love being busy all the time but then i also hate it and then i also don't know why i'm stressed and then i am 
But then when I'm not stressed, I'm like, well, there's like seven things I could be doing. Like, why am I just sitting on the couch? So I've just got to work you on myself. You are like my roommate, honestly, because she works till nine o'clock at night sometimes, even though she doesn't have to. And I'm like, why? She's like, I might as well. Like, I, you know, I might as well get it done and everything. I'm like, no, one, four o'clock hits. I'm out. I am no longer working. I have a very hard deadline where I cro- I do not do any work after that unless I'm notified ahead of time. Obviously, like if it's like a live event or something that I need to attend to. But I have never, and maybe because I have ADHD, I've never associated my self-worth with my productivity. And I, I know that I get the adequate amount done that I need to and that I could do more for myself. Like I could do more writing for myself and everything. But I acknowledge when I don't have the mind the bandwidth to do that because my brain like how the dopamine levels in my brain work once it's out it's out i it does not matter how badly i want to do this fucking thing if i don't have the dopamine left in my body and I'm, I'm not gonna get it done and it's not i've learned to not beat myself up for that because we live in a neurotypical society where i'm perceived as being the lazy one because i don't do that when Honestly, TBH, all y'all fucking neurotypical people are just overworking yourself. And I think that you just have to acknowledge like when you are feeling just like you can't handle it anymore. And I just I think that it's more important to prioritize your self-care and that being busy is not a flex. Like I think people think it is like I think people Mm -hmm. think that hustle culture is a flex. It's not a fucking flex at all. It's yeah. So that's just my whole thing with it. And it's so toxic because I think with burnout, like tox- the toxic aspect of it comes to perfectionism. And perfectionism is not great. It's it's not just having high standards or setting challenging goals for yourself. It's believing that failure to meet those standards or achieve those goals means that you are a failure and your endeavors are worthless. That's a quote I got from the internet. But you have to let go of the idea that you have to be all these things to everyone, especially the idea that as a human, like kind of giver or like an empath, like you said, um, you must be perpetually pretty, happy, calm, generous, attentive to the needs of others. And that doesn't happen overnight. Like it took you years to get into like this idea that was a standard for you that how you were supposed to live up to that you had to like be a part of hustle culture you had to be a perfectionist you had to um constantly be productive it's but it's going to take you like decades to get out of that mindset as well too so if you're trying to get out of that mindset that you don't want to be a part of the hustle culture and you're trying to take time to self-care it's going to take you years to get out of that mindset but you have to learn how to practice it and have to learn that it's still important that you're not a lazy piece of shit because you want to sit on the couch at night and watch a Netflix movie. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm pretty good about being calm around certain people. And then I am a wired up stress mess around other people. (laughs) Do you know the differences between the people? I'm trying to impress some and not others. Okay. (laughs) I guess. I'm it's certain people at work who like like my one of my really good work friends we're very on the same of like we go back and forth and we banter and we talk about our stress and then the other people I'm seen as like a supervisor in a sense not a supervisor Mm -hmm. but like a person to go to with questions and like um to like assist in that sort of way and so I feel like I have to put on this like everything's cool vibe and sometimes I let it slip and they can see the stress. But a lot of times that's just like at lunch when everyone's like bantering. But but yeah, I feel like I feel like comfort level with the people too is where I'm like w- willing to be a little bit more like I don't have my shit together. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's cause you don't feel the need to be perfect around them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the way I kinda wanna wrap this episode up is with a survival tip of like um wellness is not like a state of being it's a state of action and so if you sometimes feel overwhelmed and exhausted that doesn't mean that you're doing self-care and mindfulness wrong it just means you're moving through the process and to give yourself permission and grace to be imperfect uh, and listen to your internal experience even though like the world is trying to drown it out 
or make you doubt your own emotions, that you are fine, and that it's going to take a process. It's going to take time. But as long as you're moving through the cycle and you're moving through it, you're working through it. Hmm. Wellness was my word of the year, so I feel like I needed to hear that. So I appreciate that. And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey.